Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran, that's a piece of celery. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster or in some circumstances a complete dud. And then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before it even comes out in cinemas. Like world-class trained detectives, we go and look at a movie and try to dissect exactly what the movie's going to be before it comes out. And then we return to the movie after it's come out and see how close we got. And that's exactly what we're doing this week because we're doing an actual spoilers version of... I actually forgot what the movie was the for The Voyage second. of Dr. Doolittle or Just Doolittle. Just Doolittle. I believe it is Just Doolittle. But before we get into how well we did or how poorly we did with Doolittle, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can because in cinemas at the moment, if you can get to cinemas, Jungle Cruise is currently playing. Now, that's a movie we did in the past. It's been a long time coming. Stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one of Matty D's favourite actors of all time, and Emily Blunt going on a wacky cruise. jungle cruise through Africa. I'm actually excited to see how well we did with that one, because Look, you and I butted heads a lot with that <laughs> with that plot. That movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think, if anything, we need a lot more fun movies. Yes. Particularly how the world is at the moment. Yes, so more fun movies like Doolittle, you say? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Doolittle. So, Doolittle was the very first movie of 2020 that we covered. Oh boy, did we not see the storm coming ahead that year. (laughs) What a barren wasteland for movies that year was. Oh my god. If it wasn't pushed back, it was released straight to streaming and, oh, oh boy, we had some terrible movies in 2020. I think we'll talk about it once we, you know, maybe cover all the movies in this show or at least maybe by the time we get to episode 200, that's coming up. We'll need to vent. We'll need to, like, as like a therapy session, just, uh... Because we said 2019 was Deep bad, brief. but oh boy, 2020. Some of the movies we're going to cover this year, well, yeah. from 2020. Oh Not looking boy. forward to it. Oh, geez. So, Doolittle, the very first movie in 2020 that we covered. How well do you think it did at the box office? Awful. I think it did horrendous. Really? I think it probably made so I'll give 56 you a hint. million I'll give you a hint. chicken so, feed. Yeah, man. <laughs> they paid 56 it. celeries and carrots. <laughs> So, it had a budget of $175 million. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think the overall box office was for that? 5,000 million, kajillion, kajillion, oh. kabillion, gazillion, Most successful dollars. movie of all time, you Absolutely. Say? I think it's, it's Doolittle, Avatar, Titanic. Fair enough. <laughs> well, it actually made more than its budget, $251 million. Good for you, Doolittle. Good for you. Good for you, you say. Good it actually you. needed to make $500 million to break even. <laughs> Well, maybe not so much, so but that you, know, means you tried. You tried. That's all you can do, right? That means it was a massive failure and a box office bomb. How? How is this movie a failure? So, uh, okay. So, its budget was $175 million. I know you're thinking $251 million is a fair jump up from that, but if you take into account the marketing as well, as well as all the investor fees or whatever they need to do in Hollywood, I just imagine it's a real-life version of the producers, Paying especially all the- with this movie. <laughs> the producers, yeah. Paying the actors and all this sort of well, stuff. Well, that's part of the budget. Yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. is probably $100 million of that $175 million. And Tom Holland's in there as well. Maybe they get paid less if they're a voice-only role. Who knows? Couldn't tell you. But this movie did win an award. So did it? It was nominated for six awards. Let me correct myself here. It was nominated for six Golden Raspberry Awards. <laughs> and it won the Razzie for the worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. Oh. Well done, Doolittle. Wow. Bringing home the bacon. Wow. I didn't know that was a that was a category in the Razzies. Yeah, it is. There you go. It's been well, a hey, long time category in the Razzies. Winning something. 
Yeah, at least yeah, at least it won something exactly. But did it win our hearts? We'll find out this week. Uh, I think it's also important to point out that this isn't necessarily a review of Doolittle. We're not going to go over the actual plot of the movie beat by beat. We're only going to relate what we said about the plot to what actually happened in the movie. That's right. And for this one, we join together. So usually That's we, right. we do it separately. But I guess we'll see if working together helped us try to predict this plot. Yeah, we put our heads together and tried to see if we could nut out the plot and together. Did and we did we? disagree with each other a lot. Oh, man. We had two different ideas of what this movie was going to be. Yeah, I really took the reins of where the plot was going in this one, and probably to our detriment, <laughs> let me just say in advance. Yes. Tell me about it, Kieran. So I'm because, a little salty. Because we teamed up to do this one together, that means rather than just giving each other individual overall points, we're actually going to work out a ratio of what we got right to what we got wrong. So, if the ratio is leaning one way or the other, we'll know how well we did. If it's sort of balanced in the middle, we just know that eh, it was overall. <laughs> it was all right, yeah. But if it's leaning towards the wrong, which I... Yeah, I'm just going to call it now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that we're leaning more towards the wrong than the right. That would be my guess as and well. And we know it's a total failure on our behalf. So, if you haven't listened to our Doolittle episode, now is your warning. Yes. So, this episode won't make a lot of sense unless you've listened to that episode. And if you haven't seen Doolittle, I don't blame you. But I'd probably recommend seeing the movie first, not because, you know, we're going to spoil it for you, but just for the context of this episode. Some of the wacky stuff that happens in the movie that we're going to talk about won't make a lot of sense. I mean, it won't make a lot of sense when you see the movie, (laughs) but it will make even less sense if you haven't seen the movie. And you have to experience these kind of things firsthand. We can't describe to you what it's like when a a dragon comes to life and gets stuff pulled out of its ass. You have to to see it. You have to see it in all its glory. You're spoiling the highlight of the movie for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to rob people of life experiences. So if you want to see... I don't know, Dr. Doolittle sticking his head in an aquarium fish tank <laughs> and talking to an octopus and while well, water splashes everywhere. I don't want to deprive anybody of that experience. No, me neither. I don't want to deprive anybody of Robert Downey Jr.'s Welsh accent either. Yep. Which didn't appear a lot in the trailer and now we know why. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get into it. What do we want to do first? Do we want to do wrong? Do we want to get the bad out of the way first? Or do we want to do the what we got right first and then go into yeah. what we got wrong second? Let, let's get the bad out of the way first. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right, so I covered everything that we got wrong in the movie. So I sat down with my little notepad watching the movie and going, this is all wrong. <laughs> But no, what we got oh, wrong. Oh, what we got. Okay, not not yeah. what they got wrong. Fair enough. Okay, so the first thing we predicted, something I predicted actually, I wanted to put it out there just as a sort of safety net, was that there'd be a push-me-pull-you in the movie. Now, if you remember, that's half I unicorn, know. half, what was it, zebra? You were so confident on that too. Half camel, half unicorn? It's a, Isn't it a llama? It's like a, it's a cat-dog llama, I think. Yeah, it's got heads on both ends of its body just so it can eat and talk at the same time, I believe the joke was. But there was no push me pull you in this movie at all. They didn't even reference it. No, they didn't. Uh, there, there is a mythological creature in this movie that we kind of covered earlier. But yeah, yeah. Other than that, every all the animals are kind of real. I guess they were saving the push me pull you for the, for the sequel. sequel? <laughs> now we thought that there wouldn't be any fart jokes or ass humor in the movie. Something oh, that boy. was prevalent in the Eddie Murphy Doolittle movies was ass jokes and fart humor. And we were like, this movie is going to be way more mature it's and kid be friendly. Highbrow than that but oh boy were we wrong the aforementioned dragon yeah as you, as many d already said gets stuff pulled out of its ass and then when they finally dislodge that's the, the final, climax of the movie yeah, too. the final like climactic scene of the movie is dr doolittle pulling a bagpipe out of a dragon's ass and then it farting all over him so boy were we wrong in that regard now we said as well i don't know if this really counts I suppose I'll open up to you for discussion, but Mm -hmm. we've said that Polly would teach Dr. Doolittle how to speak to the animals and we wouldn't actually see this happen. This is just something that's established in the movie. 
Now, we don't actually know how Dr. Doolittle learnt to speak to the animals, but it is strongly suggested in the movie that he just sort of picked it up. <laughs> yeah, well, what's the boy's name? Stubbins? Stubbins Tom is Stubbins, kind of yeah. picking up animal language really quickly, by the way. Yeah, he just looks at some monkeys and goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. Really I think I quickly. understand him, Doctor. <laughs> so I guess we're to assume that just through study and being around animals, you just learn how to speak like an animal. It makes more sense that Polly the parrot taught Doctor Doolittle. That does make more sense, the, and that's what happened in the book. So I'm just going to presume that's what happened because that's what otherwise that's just ridiculous <laughs> that he just learnt how to speak to it. The bees buzz in a zigzag direction when they're happy. It's like how so we can just presume that Tom Stubbins is just a prodigy and yes. he has, just has a magical ability to suddenly learn how to speak to and understand animals. Well, I think that's what Polly was but, saying, right? Polly was like, "You're special because yeah, that's why you need to be with us. Yeah. You belong." So I'm not going to count that as something we got wrong. Okay, sure. Now, one question I have straight away is, how do the animals understand each other? <laughs> so, we see in the movie that Dr. Doolittle, like, when he's talking to the animals, he's like, ruff, 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 ooh, 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 mm. to each animal to give them individual orders. But we also see in the movie that the animals talk to each other. So, if Dr. Doolittle has to speak to them in their specific language for them to understand, how do they speak to each other? Well, they just have animal language, which all the animals can understand. Okay, so animal language and there's human language. So, wait, you're saying that there's one language amongst the animals? Yeah. Why does Dr. Doolittle have to speak several languages to the animals? It's a, di- it's a dialect thing, you know. He's trying to make them feel uh, culturally culturally like accepted. It's sort of like the different regional mm. Chinese languages, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're killing Manny D over here. I, I had so much fun with this movie. That's besides Look, the point. That's you know, besides I'm the sure point. there's a reason for it because they obviously thought a lot about the choices they made in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. There'd, be a, there'd be a reason that we're not picking up. Yeah, of course. I guess that makes sense. It's just too, you know, the lore is just too Dude, deep for, for us to when understand. When Robert Downey Jr. is like having that chess game and he's like, whoa, 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 and he's like banging his chest, I'm like, could you imagine? Oscar winner Robert Downey Jr. is like- The <laughs> sat, best part- Sat down and like, act like a gorilla. <laughs> the best part to imagine about that scene as well is that he was in an empty room as well because all the animals are CGI. <laughs> so presumably he's just in a room by himself at any given time, just making animal noises. <laughs> And acting quirky, and there's just nothing there. I would love to see some behind-the-scenes oh footage. Oh, my God, me too. Like me some making-of footage. This reminds me of the time back when we filmed Chaplin. Shut up. Shut up, Robert. You're known for doodle now. Be a monkey. <laughs> exactly. Now, back to what we predicted, or what we got wrong. We said that both children, that's Rose and Tommy, have heard of Doolittle. Now, the little girl, Rose, has actually heard of Doolittle in the past. She heard of, she heard of him through the Queen, I believe. But Tom Stubbins hasn't heard of Doolittle at all. No. So I guess that's kind of half right, but the whole Tom Stubbins aspect is is wrong on our behalf. Uh, Polly lures him in creepily. Yeah, to she's like, follow me to this, to this shady this mansion. Watch out for the bear. Could have been a very different movie. Ugh, we're going down there anyway. You said that Doctor Doolittle will be <laughs> cooler than Doctor Who. <laughs> well, that's an opinion. Oh yeah, I suppose so. That's an opinion. I think he was supposed to be cooler than Doctor Who. Yeah, but he certainly wasn't. <laughs> Any Doctor Who fans would, you know, cross their arms and vehemently disagree with you. Every time he did something, the kids would laugh and, like, smile and be like... No, Matty D would laugh and smile. The kids weren't even watching the movie. I mean, the kids in the movie. Tom Stubbins and the the girl that did nothing. The two kids just looked like they wanted to make out with each other in a weird way. That's what confused me. Like, the little girl Rose was automatically smitten with Tommy. And I was like, what's the deal with this? Like, she literally just met him. Yeah. He was just like a local idiot hanging around in a net. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from a tree She's just like Oh what a handsome man I'm only nine But I'm in love with him Yeah It was so weird And it's, it went nowhere they, I mean he got a kissy at the he end He did get a kissy 
But yeah, why? On the cheeky. There was no there was no reason. We said there'd be no romantic subplot in the movie. Well, we were with, wrong. With Dr. Doolittle, we didn't say anything about children because why do children need a romantic subplot in a movie? They don't. No. Cut that out of the movie, please. Anyway, back to what we got wrong. We said that Arnold Stubbins is Tommy's dad when in the actual movie he's his uncle. I mean, that's just, you know. Oh, well. That's just nitpicking, but yeah. we're still wrong. I didn't even realise he wasn't his dad. So he no, was he's his, his uncle. uncle. Yeah, that's right. So where was his parents? Uh, dead, presumably. They got shot. Yeah, by Arnold Stubbins, because <laughs> he's a hunter. Hunting ducks. Because we thought, well, I thought specifically and really argued against you. Now, you thought he'd be like a blacksmith or some sort of like workaday Joe. Yeah, working class British man, gruff. And to your credit, he was, but I tried to convince you that he'd be the Queen's <laughs> advisor. Yeah. Just so we'd have a connection to oh, Buckingham Palace. Oh, that was so frustrating to hear back to that because we nailed it. And then well, you- no, he wasn't a blacksmith, but he was a worker day Joe because he was a hunter. Mm, yes. Him and his son were hunters and they tried to rope in poor nephew Tommy to be a hunter as well, even though he was a pacifist. And he accidentally shot a squirrel, which we'll get into in a sec. Oh, God, this squirrel. Now, we thought as well that Tommy would first hear about Doolittle from his father while hanging around in Buckingham Palace. That's not correct at all. (laughs) No. And we also thought that Doolittle, this is again my complete fault here, we thought that Doolittle would travel to Buckingham Palace by himself with Rose at the start of the movie. No, he brings all these animals with him for no reason at all. We had a huge argument about this. Yes. Um, And you were so, so convinced that he would go by himself. Even though it, like, robbed this moment of comedy of them, all the animals running around Buckingham Palace. I thought the whole movie was devoid of comedy anyway, (laughs) let me just tell you. But yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, so he was definitely there with all the animals. He only needed to bring two of them. He only needed to bring the dog and the stick insect. But no, he decided Mm. to bring the polar bear for no reason at all. no reason. I guess he needed to bring the ostrich. He had to ride on the ostrich, which, by the way, don't ride on ostriches. No. They're really not made to be ridden on, and it really does damage or kill ostriches to ride on them. As I found out doing research after our previous show. I was like, did you ride an ostrich and kill it? As I found out when I rode an ostrich and killed it. I mean, it was a baby ostrich, so. This is all Doolittle stuff. That's fair. Didn't do their research properly. Yeah, there's a lot of animals here that you kind of you're kind of thinking, why the fuck are they there? Dab dab. <laughs> why is dab, dab dab didn't need to be in the movie at all. Dab dab is almost entirely useless. The duck. What does the polar bear do? Jack and shit. What does the gorilla do? <laughs> Scream and yell. No, he actually rescues Doolittle, so yeah, he has a purpose. But- all right, here we go. Here's a real going off the rails moment. We, well, I again specifically said that Doctor Doolittle's initial meeting with the Queen is calm and reserved. <laughs> it's far from it is chaotic and unreserved, I suppose. And we also said that the Queen is sick with a mysterious illness and Dr. Doolittle is the only one who's been to the island that has a cure for her illness. I mean, that's kind of right. Well, he hasn't been to the island, right? He hasn't been to the island, so that's why we're wrong. His Uh, wife has. His wife hasn't been to the island. She was trying to get to the island and then perished during the journey. So, I guess in a way he was the only one with knowledge, aside from his wife, of how to get this miracle fruit, the Eden Berry. I remember we discussed it in the episode and we are like, oh, well maybe Doolittle's like we get going- there. I get into oh, that. Oh, you're going to get yeah, into I it? I certainly get into that. it makes no sense in the movie. But, but the Queen isn't sick with a mysterious illness. She's been no. poisoned through drinking tea laced with deadly nightshade. And the only, yeah, the only antidote to this deadly nightshade is this miracle Eden Berry from the Eden tree on this magical island that no one's been to. <laughs> So in the movie, how did they know about it then? Well, only Doolittle knows about it. Well, only Doolittle's wife knew about it because yeah. she went off to look for it. Because, but the, if no one's been to the island, how do they know this tree's there? Who 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 knows? Well, in the movie, it's like a myth, right? So Doolittle, yeah, comes that's in. right. The Queen asks for Doolittle to, to to. Well, the Queen doesn't ask anything. It's the Queen's like little assistant girl, right. Rose. Okay, so Rose asks for Doolittle to come 
come to see the queen. I thought she, I thought the queen summoned Doolittle anyway. It doesn't matter. But then then Doolittle looks at her and then goes, "Oh look, the only thing that'll save her is this miracle fruit that's like no one knows exists." Yeah. <laughs> like, I, also, I'm an animal doctor. I don't know why I, of all people, has to go on the voyage to exactly, find the, the exactly, fruit myself. But I guess, I guess no one else believes that the fruit exists, so Doolittle goes yeah. himself. He's also not a botanist. Yes! <laughs> yes! He's also not a sailor. So I mean, presumably he's been on a lot of voyages before, but still. So why is it him? I don't, like, as we said in the episode, we're like, it can't be a And fruit. the Queen's out for the count, so why, are the, why is the rest? <laughs> Obviously, half the Queen's royal chamber is evil and trying to kill her. Why would they let him just go? No. Why wouldn't they just arrest him Absolutely. as soon as he left the room? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, how does how does any of this happen? And then they try and find the fruit for themselves, but like, they're not trying to heal the queen. They're just, I guess, they're just trying to get the fruit for its benefits. But then there's suddenly like the race is on well, to get to the fruit. Well, first I guess, I guess, Snid- Mudfly. Yeah, I, I guess Snidely Whiplash is trying to like steal the fruit so that he can. His actual name is Mudfly in the movie, he by the way. He may as well be Whiplash. Come on, that guy was like just evil personified. Yeah. And he got more Martin over the Sheen. top. Martin the Sheen. We didn't even mention him in our original episode. We didn't even know he was in the movie. Yeah. We didn't even think there'd be like an antagonist in the movie. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So back to what we got wrong. We said that Dr. Doolittle's wife died of the same illness that the Queen has. That's completely wrong. She died of, you know, she died of drowning in a shipwreck. And we said that the cure for the Queen's illness is the venom of a rare snake from a specific island. Now, that makes a lot of sense because it's animal related and not plant related. It's actually the Eden fruit, as we already discussed. But Matty D, to his credit, in the original episode was like, it could be a plant that they're trying to find. But you're like, no, 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 no. Actually, it would make more sense to involve Dr. Doolittle if it came from an animal, which absolutely makes more sense, as we already discussed. Oh, dear movie. We said as well that we'll find out that the Queen is ill during a cold opening. That's not the case at all. We find out as Dr. Doolittle finds out about it. But we do actually have a sort of like an animated flashback at the start of the movie showing Dr. Doolittle's adventures with his wife, Lily, and how he, I don't know, met most of the animals in his menagerie. Yeah, so this movie kind of starts with a flashback that we both didn't see coming. Yeah. Speaking of not seeing something, Manny D made the exact same John Cena. I couldn't see him in this trailer joke as he did last week in our Suicide Squad episode. Can you believe Look, that? I only got a few jokes in my repertoire, so, you know, I've got to spread them out. You've only got Over a few years. John Cena jokes. Did you do the same John Cena joke in every episode where we've talked about John Cena in the past? Probably. Because, like I said, we talked about John Cena in The Suicide Squad last week, and you made the same joke. And then listening back to the Doolittle episode for this for this episode itself, I was like, oh my god, he made <laughs> he the made exact the same, same joke. joke. <laughs> like, word for word, Look, the exact same joke. Look, when it works... You got to repeat it. I think you know it didn't work the first time. <laughs> I just totally breezed over it. One day you'll listen to me. <laughs> we said that Jip the dog would have a similar relationship with Doolittle as Peter Parker did with Tony Stark. Yeah, not really. No, not at all. I actually wrote down "not really" in my notes. Like mm. Jip the dog is barely in the movie. He comes in to sniff the Queen, and then that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What relationship does Jip the dog have with Doolittle? None. None. <laughs> None, presumably. And, and then he has like puppies at the end of the movie, and we're supposed to feel something for him. It's like, no, that wasn't Jip the dog. Was that it? was uh, Arnold Stubbins' dog. Oh. So that was Tommy's uncle having puppies. Well, not Tom- Tommy's <laughs> uncle's dog. <laughs> Sorry. Don't want to besmirch the name of Arnold Stubbins. Yeah. It was Arnold Stubbins' dog having puppies, which is what brings around, presumably, Arnold to agreeing for Tommy to be Dr. Doolittle's apprentice at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Now, we said that Craig Robinson would play a mouse called Fleming. Good on you, Wikipedia. You completely took us on a wrong path there because not only does Craig Robertson not play a mouse, he plays a red squirrel, but his name isn't Fleming, it's Kevin. Oh boy. So that was, yeah, we were misled. 
Yes, exactly. There. It was credited incorrectly. It just goes to show that we should never trust Wikipedia. And who knows, maybe it was a mouse in the original Could be. CGI monstrosity and then they uh, like edited it to he be He shot a, a mouse out of a tree? Oh, actually, no. I actually found out that they did 21 days of reshoots for Doolittle. So, they did an initial test screening and it was it went down so badly. How bad must have that original <laughs> version be? I want it that went original down screen so went- badly that they actually went and refilmed like 90% of the movie. Right. And you can definitely tell watching the movie because it is all over the place. Well, the pace and the tone is so off. I yes, mean, exactly. Yeah. No, that's we'll no talk about that. it when we like break down what we thought of the movie, but still. Now, we said that Kevin, as in Fleming the mouse, would come across an elephant. That never happens in the movie. No. And we also thought that Kevin would be friends with Chi-Chi or Dab-Dab. No, that's not the case at all. He's not friends with anybody. He hates everybody. So, he's got this thing where he's... After revenge, when they set this up early, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna this is gonna be funny, right?" Yeah. But it just never gets revisited. It never goes anywhere. Where, right at the end, where he says, "Oh, I'm not after revenge anymore," and it's like, "Were you?" <laughs> it was just a waste of time. <laughs> it was just an entire waste of time. I think it was something that was just excised by reshoots. Mm. I can guarantee it because maybe there was a scene where he like strangles Tommy Stubbins in his sleep or something, and they're like, "That's maybe. too dark for the kiddies." We need to make more dragonflies being perverts in this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. With Jason Manzoukas doing the voice. That really surprised me. Now, we said that Carmen Ihogo would play a lioness in the movie. That's completely wrong because she's not in the movie at all. She was actually cut out during the reshoots. Oh. Was she supposed to play a lioness? Yes, she was. I wonder where that was. On the cutting room floor. <laughs> Falls in love with Barry. Yeah, possibly. Now, we said that Dr. Doolittle would dive underwater to ask an octopus for directions to the island. Nope, that doesn't happen at all. Nothing like that happens at all. And ask the whale for directions. Just out of nowhere, this is something that you actually brought up, but you suddenly brought up like the idea of a prince that's a villain. And I have no idea if this is supposed to be a royal prince or a pirate prince because we use it in both contexts. Uh. So, we said that like the royal prince is like scheming against Dr. Doolittle or he sometimes is like a pirate prince on the island. I think we got a little bit confused. Well... In the trailer, we saw that there was a kingdom that they go to. Yeah, that's right, on a pirate island. That they were eating a royal feast. Yeah, and they were clearly pirates. Yeah, so I guess- But we did the whole idea that he was, you know, he wasn't the pirate king, hurrah, hurrah for the pirate king, but a prince. Where did that idea come from? I think you just sort of brought it up. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. But either way, it's wrong. It kind of looked like a kingdom to me, so I thought that's why I thought there was going to be why a Why wouldn't you say it was a king? Because then we would have been closer to being right. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, we said that Doolittle Ship would be attacked by pirates who want to add his animals to their menagerie. That's completely wrong. They're actually attacked by Mudfly, who is Doolittle's rival, played by Martin Sheen. Whose motivations are so ambiguous that we don't really know what he's doing. Exactly. He just wants to be better than Doolittle, <laughs> I guess. He's, his performance like flip-flops and flies all over the place. Yeah, you're right. We said that Doolittle would be captured by pirates after he went diving and is taken to a prison on the pirate island. We actually said that he gets put in prison and then he escapes and then gets caught and put back in prison again. So I had no idea why we thought that would happen. But we're completely wrong because he's not captured yet and they go to the pirate island of their own free will. Uh, We also thought that the last third of the movie would take place on an island. Uh, That's wrong because it actually takes place on two islands. So we were kind of right, but we didn't get the number quite right. And we said that the cure for the Queen's illness is located on the pirate island. That's wrong because it's actually located on a separate island. I don't even know if this second island has a name. It's just a mystery island. Yeah, yeah don't, I don't think it gets mentioned in the movie. If it did, I've forgotten. Mm. No, we thought the venom was going to be owned by... Well, the animal that has the venom was going to be owned by the prince and they steal it from the prince. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't happen. We thought it'd be his prized possession. Mm. In fact, right now I have it written here. The snake with the cure is a pet of the pirate prince? Pirate question mark prince? 
No, that's not right at all. And we said that there'd be a battle between the animals and the pirates, I suppose, to free Doodle or get the snake, I suppose. Nope, nothing like that happens at all. I mean, there's sort of like a drunk orangutan that turns up for two seconds. <laughs> what is with that? I thought he was going to be a character in the rest of the movie, but nope. Literally was... shows up for a scene and then never again. A shot. He shows up for a shot and then is never seen again. And they never explain it. There's just a drunk pirate orangutan that turns up and sings and dances for a shot and then leaves. <laughs> it wasn't funny. <laughs> it was just stupid. <laughs> Now, we thought that Ginkgo Who Saws would be a bat or possibly a penguin. Yeah, Ginkgo Who Saws, they didn't release what animal it was going to be. No, it was a mystery. So, we were just trying to guess. We actually were kind of on the right track because we suggested it would be a sugar glider. And there is a sugar glider in Doctor Who's Menagerie. But Ginkgo Who Saws, of course, it wasn't the sugar glider. And Ginkgo Who Saws wasn't a bat or a penguin either. Ginkgo Who Saws was a dragon. Jeez, why didn't we think of that? Yeah. And they also telegraphed it early in the movie as well because Mudfly is like reading Doctor Who's research notes and he's just like, dragons? Why would dragons exist? And I was just like, oh boy, well, there's going to be a dragon as, in this movie, yeah, isn't there? As soon as that happened in the movie, it was like, they're going to bring a dragon in. Yes. Exactly. Oh no. And we thought that Ginkgo wouldn't be able to fly and then learns to fly by the end of the movie. Nope, that's not the conflict at all. That would be nice and heartwarming. No, it's instead she's got stuff stuck up her ass. <laughs> she's got a dead mum as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. One for the kitties here. And now the final thing that we got wrong, we thought that Doolittle wouldn't be thanked by the Queen for saving her. Instead, he slinks off with all these animals silently like Batman. No, that's not the case at all. He's more than happy to stay there and soak up all the warm regards from the Queen and flirt with her a little bit for some reason. Mm. Yeah, and flirt with her a little bit. There was a little bit of a romance there. Yes. Um, Like she put out her hand for him to kiss and he just sort of just like, he took it and then went to kiss it, but instead was just like, and waved his head around. (laughs) And I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I watched this with I watched this movie with somebody and we were just like, is that a romance? Or is that is it awkward? Like what's what's supposed to be the case there? Yeah, no clue. Absolutely no clue. So adding up everything that we got wrong, that gives us a total of 30 points. Oh wow. 30 points. I have I'm just guessing, like I said, I'm just predicting straight away that this is gonna be the first episode where we have more wrong than right. Well, and it I'm had to feeling ha- very confident at this point. Well, it had to happen at some point, right? Well, we don't know yet. Let's get into let's, what we actually got right. Let's do this. So I just want to explain what this was like for me. So imagine this is a metaphor, right? I have a giant bale of hay and you're telling me, go find the needles in this hay. Yes, is essentially exactly. what I had to do. Listen today. to all of our shit and then find the like kernels of corn amongst <laughs> all of that animal shit. So here's what we got right. And a few things I stretch a little bit. So go with me. Well, but- I, I stretched as well. First thing we said is Doolittle would already be established as a doctor and as somebody who can talk to animals. So well, it's not an Yeah, that's story. right. That's right. We got that right. And we also said that his dead wife would cause him to be a recluse, mm-hmm. which is right. It's a main conflict of the story. And we kind of go into it straight, straight in from the start of the movie. Yep. As the movie actually does. Now, we started talking about good old Tommy Stubbins. Is it Toby or Tommy? Tommy. Tommy Stubbins. Couldn't remember. And we were debating whether he was going to find Doolittle. Actually, I I can understand why you're confused by his name, because I called him Toby Stubbins (laughs) a lot in that original episode. I have no idea why. Uh, We kind of tossed and turned about whether he was going to try to get into Dr. Doolittle's menagerie and try to make himself the apprentice, because he was credited as being a self-appointed apprentice. That's right. And we ummed and ahed about that. But what we did say, and I'm going to give us a point. What we settled on was right. We said that the children find Doolittle. Yep. Which they do do. Yep. And we also specifically said that Tommy meets Doolittle in this movie and then essentially stows away and uh, tries to appoint himself as his apprentice, which is right. And I think we we got that dynamic pretty accurate. Yes. 
Yep. I, do, I have like another point here that we were very close. You've already sort of talked about it, mm. uh, about the venom. It turns out to be a tree and there is a link. I gave us a point because there is a link between Doolittle going on this adventure because it's why his okay. wife died. Yeah. So it's kind of oh, like- Yeah, I see what there. you're saying there. I was hesitant to actually put it down as wrong because the reason that Doolittle does go on the journey is because it was related to how his wife died, yeah. which is sort of what we predicted. We weren't 100% correct. So we're kind of saying there's a redemption arc. Yes. Not in the way well, that we, we said, thought. We said that the reason he goes on this journey is because he's trying to redeem himself for the death of his wife, which he sort of blames himself for, which is basically yes. what happens. Yes. So we said that Polly will play the place of uh, the leader. The natural leader the of the natural group. natural leader, the boss, and put right. Doolittle in his place, which does happen throughout yep. the movie. Point At least she's that. putting Doolittle in his place and not like in the books where she's putting people of colour in their place. <laughs> oh, boy. So glad they <laughs> steered clear of that in the movie. There. In this section, this is when we're talking about the characters in the in the movie and where we're kind of fitting them in, which is a large part of the show yep. that we did. It was almost uh, like our Suicide Squad episode yeah, last week. Yeah, very much the case. Uh, we said that Chi-Chi will learn to be brave. That'll be his story arc, mm-hmm. which is the case. Yep. We said that the polar bear and the ostrich will become friends at the end, but we'll bicker all the way through before that point. Yep. Which is right. That's correct. Uh, we said that Doolittle will cure an animal early on to establish him as the doctor that cures animals, which yep. does happen. There's a scene right at the start where he- He takes pellets out of uh, Kevin the squirrel. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like the Hobbit movie with Radagast. Uh, I guess so. You don't remember that? Where no, he I don't saves remember a squirrel? that. I think I've only seen the first Hobbit movie. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah, there's a reason I didn't watch the sequels. <laughs> I think it was in the first one as well. Okay. Uh, we said that there would be a lot of fish-out-of-water comedy in Buckingham Palace. Almost literally so. Yes. And we said that there would be a lot of stuffy British guys that are kind of frowning at Dr. Doolittle's methods. Yep. Oh, there's a fish in the tea. Oh, my God. Most unorthodox. And that happens. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Now, we said... And you sort of highlighted it. You said that there would be a creature that gives them directions. Uh, Mm. You didn't say this in the episode. I said this in the episode. But we we sort of mentioned that there'd be a creature that gave them directions that lived underwater. Now, I know you said, because we said it was an octopus, that it was wrong. But they did ask whales for directions. That's correct. So I'm putting it down to something we got right. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, we said we we said they meet a king uh, who's a kind prince. of menacing. Uh, yeah, a prince. And there's a royal dinner scene. There mm-hmm. is. Yep. We have that with Tommy Stubbins. He, he gets I don't know why Tommy adopted. Stubbins is like adopted by the pirates. They're yeah. like, we like you for some reason. Well, Come think, live with us. I think the idea is is that the the king is grieving his daughter's death. Yep, and who is Doolittle's wife. Yeah, it's important is, to point out. Yeah, and is trying to replace uh, Stubbins. As a, as a surrogate son, I guess. Yeah, that's right. He's trying to replace his daughter with Stubborn. So he's trying to take someone from Dr. Doolittle, like Dr. Doolittle took his daughter from him. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's genius. It's It, it never gets explained. It never no. gets any time to This is just our develop, interpretation. But I think that's what they were going for. But it was kind of like, you know, you blink and you miss it. Yeah, and, exactly. And it just moved, the movie moved on. Uh, we said that the animals will rescue Doolittle from the jail with Chi-Chi having the moment of triumph beating mm-hmm. Barry. We yep. didn't even talk about Barry the tiger in his Oedipus complex. Nope. Because <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't think of that. Uh, we said that he disguises himself. Uh, we, now, we said that he disguises himself when he's leaving uh, jail. The, the first leaving time. jail the first time, but he actually disguises himself to get into the city at the start. Yeah, that's right. But he does disguise himself, so he'll give us a point for that. Yep, yep. Um, and that's it. That's everything we that's got everything. right. Oh, my God. That's how, everything we got right. How many is that? Um, 13. 13. Oh, my God. 
So I was right. There we go. That's the one thing I could be happy about is that I predicted that we would get this one wrong. So this is the first one where we've worked together where we got more wrong than we did right. Yeah. there's In the episode, there's a lot of conversations that we're having and we're getting really close to calling the movie, but then we just go, nah, it's going to be this way. Yes. This way makes more sense. When if we just decided, no, the movie's not going to be logical at all. Yeah, exactly. If we just went with the stupid option, we would have been closer to the money. If we just thought like idiots, like the screenwriters, then, yep. we, we, would have, then we would have got there in the end. Well, this was a movie, Kieran, that all the conflicts were solved and there was 40 minutes left of the movie. Yes. I remember like uh, the polar bear and the ostrich became friends and Chi-Chi was like, I'm brave now. And all these things were happening and the squirrel's like, I don't have a vendetta anymore. And I was like, holy, that was fast. And then I paused the movie and I was like, there's 40 minutes still in the yeah. movie. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. It's like a real girl with a dragon tattoo moment. Except there's not like an exciting climax at the end either. <laughs> no, it's pulling stuff out of a dragon's ass. And there was no reason at all for Mudfly to be in the movie. He was his own enemy. He kept foiling himself. And there was like no conflict between him and Doolittle at all. None. Zero. <laughs> None. He was just there. Because they're like, I guess we need a villain. But yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, it was so... Uh, it was hard to understand what he was doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Should we talk about our thoughts of the movie since we're sort of naturally doing that already? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, Matty D. Let's do it. What are your opinions on this movie? Well, I mean... It's very early to say, but I think this might just be the best movie of 2020. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> okay. State <laughs> no, your credentials. I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say, I know this wasn't a good movie, but I enjoyed this more more than most of the movies we cover on this show. I was laughing hysterically from right. start to finish. This movie had me right at the start, right at the start with the, like the emotional bullshit stuff that they were throwing with the right. dead wife. <laughs> And then Dr. Doolittle riding an ostrich. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I loved every minute of it. It made no sense. <laughs> nothing, nothing was pulling together, but it was so much fun. So much fun. Okay, so would you, you actually would you actually recommend that people go out and watch this movie? I reckon I, I would suggest if you're going to do that, watch it on a bad movie night. Buy maybe. some drinks. <laughs> yeah. Would you suggest children watch this movie, or would you suggest that parents with children show this movie to their children? I guess children will watch anything, right? I don't know. Like they've got to be under five, surely. <laughs> it's, it's very pretty. Yeah, it's I a very pretty so. movie well, for the most part. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Still, uh, Jesus, the effects were bad. Yes, as well. I we actually spotted in the in the original trailer how bad the CGI was. They were so bad. I'm surprised you didn't count that as something we got right because <laughs> we were like, the CGI looks really dodgy in this. movie. All right, maybe that counts. Maybe we got 14. There we go. I was thinking about the bit where Tommy Stubbins is riding on the neck of Selena Gomez, the giraffe. Yeah, and, and why? Why was that no scene reason. in the movie? There were so many scenes in the movie that we were just like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? So you asked me if I disagreed with your opinions. Mm. I definitely do. I definitely do. Oh. I think this is one of the worst movies we've covered. <laughs> I mean, sure, it wasn't boring, but I saw this movie twice. I've seen this movie twice now. I saw it in cinemas back in 2020, back in January 2020. It was just after Boxing Day, I believe. I think I'd just seen... Mm, I think I'd just seen Jojo Rabbit. It was right. sort of riding on that high, and I was just oh, like, no. oh, let's see something else that might be fun. I, I think, sure, we originally decided to do this episode because we never thought it was going to be a great movie. I think we always knew that it was going to be bad and bad in a hilarious and way. And the trailer was so over the top, though. And the trailer was, so, was so over the top and made it look like a whimsical journey as well, <laughs> which is why I guess we thought it'd be somewhat serious. And it had a lot of star power, so we thought, oh, this is a movie everyone's going to see. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, nobody did. I did. I went and saw it in the cinemas. It was like me and like two other people <laughs> in the cinema. And, and now you're bonding with those two other people for life. I, like, I started giggling at some stuff at the start of the movie, and then about halfway through, I just got mad. I was just like... <laughs> 
this is just an insult. Really? Because the thing was, like, in my initial viewing, and it was even more so apparent in my second viewing, just the movie felt unfinished. <laughs> it felt like huge sections had been cut out, and it turns out that was the case. Yeah. Because there's a point in the movie, around the time that they arrive on the pirate island, that the Polly the parrot just starts narrating what's going on, because <laughs> just... It, obviously, the footage that they had did not make sense at all anymore in the cut of the movie. So, they literally have to have Polly the Parrot come in and explain as a narrator what the hell the characters are doing. Because they just sort of turn up and start doing stuff with no explanation. Yeah, Polly the Parrot might as well just come in and say, look, sorry guys, here's what we're supposed to be doing right yes. now. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I apologise. It's not going to make a lot of sense. Just go with us. At first, I thought it was Polly the Parrot explaining what they were going to do. Like, you sort of see like this in Ocean's Eleven movie where they talk about what the plan is and then of course they go in to do the actual plan and mm. it goes wrong but no no she was actually just narrating what was going on on screen because it just made absolutely no sense in the context of the movie that's what i thought was going to happen too i thought they were going to explain the plan and then the plan was going to go differently but yeah exactly <laughs> just like followed suit it was so stupid and the writing the jokes and the writing was some of the worst i've ever heard in a movie <laughs> Oh, boy. Like, that whole Craig Robertson, Kevin the Squirrel thing was just- Yeah, what? what? Was so stupid. Like, he was pretending like he was undercover at one point, where he was like, I've infiltrated their gang, and then I eventually will get my revenge. That went nowhere, no. as we've discussed. And, yeah, the, the CGI, don't even get me started. Some of the worst CGI I've seen in recent and years. And it was so hard to keep track of each character. They would just introduce a new yes. character, and then that character would have, the, have like, a thing that they were doing, and you were just like, well, what, what, what's the polar bear doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, each character in the movie, each animal- character that it is probably had five minutes of screen time and dialogue total each mm. so dab dab the duck probably did like four things in the entire movie <laughs> dab, and dab was, the duck and was entirely was useless, useless. <laughs> by the way i'm surprised you didn't count this as something we uh. got correct because we had an argument in the original episode that dab dab the duck you thought dab dab the duck would be sensible and reserved and i said that she would be over the top and like chaotic and that was actually correct that was i mean what we i settled guess so on. i guess so but she, dab so what dab is that was, 14 points yeah 14 i guess dab dab was in there it was Still doesn't in- help us. Dab Dab wasn't really in the movie at all, so it was really no. hard to gauge what the character was, except somebody who brings Dr. Doolittle celery, which is a joke I t- still don't understand. And it wasn't even clear that Plimpton and Yoshi, the polar bear and the ostrich, were like enemies. It wasn't even clear. Like, I mean, they fight a little bit. There's one scene, maybe one shot, where they look like they argue with each other, and that's it. But all the animals argue with each other. Mm. It's not specific to Yoshi and Plimpton. Mm. And then like, oh, we're buddies now. I'm like, you weren't buddies before. I, I got to say, I had a different viewing experience to you because I watched this uh, streaming on Amazon Prime, and I I did the second time. Watched it, and I watched the first few minutes of it, and I was like laughing so hysterically I couldn't breathe. And I paused it. I was like, I'm going to save this for the episode, so I actually saved okay. it. And I I paused when um I stopped watching it when I saw <laughs> Doctor Doolittle riding on the ostrich. Oh my on god! The ostrich. Oh my god! If you had walked away from the movie at that point and never looked back, I would completely understand. And oh, can we talk about his performance, Mr. Robert Downey Jr. Oh. himself? Academy Award winning ter- Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> with that terrible. Oh, by the way, why didn't you give us a point for him having a Welsh accent? Oh, we predicted that as well. Fifteen. Now we're on fifteen. There we go. We're, we're just finding points to bring yes. up. Bring up. Still doesn't. I don't think help we're going to beat thirty, but. Why not? Yeah, my yeah. You skipped God. a lot of stuff that we actually got right. So uh, I, I have a friend who's actually Welsh. Um, so oh, yeah? I need to. Do they talk? Well, like that's this? the thing. Obviously, this person has been lying to me for the entire time. They're not Welsh because because Welsh people whisper in a gravelly voice. Yes. <laughs> 
I like that they actually called out Robert Downey Jr. for doing that whispery voice as well, because there's a scene where Mudfly is there and Doolittle is sort of like reading his notes and going, <laughs> and Mudfly's like, yes, yes, do the whispery voice so everyone has to lean in. Oh, I'm saying something important. <laughs> that was like the best joke in the movie. <laughs> so I'm like, they're calling out Downey Jr.'s acting. <laughs> yeah. Such a weird choice. And the kids were awkward. They were so awkward. And that girl was just being Hermione Granger and I just didn't understand what she was doing. She even had the line like, my name is Rose and you are... (laughs) (laughs) That was straight from Harry Potter. straight from Harry Potter. And you are... Oh, wow. What what was what was she doing? And like, she's not sad that the queen is dying. Like, what's going no, on here? And she's then, like whisked away by the whimsical world. And I, too bad the audience wasn't. <laughs> and I feel so sorry for like Tommy Stubbins, who's just just there looking like a complete <laughs> fucking goof. I think I understand him. Yeah, yeah, I think I do, Doctor Doolittle. I like the bit when Doolittle is like quizzing him. What does it mean when a penguin goes? That means that they want some fish. That was so stupid. Oh, like I said, it made me it made me mad in the cinema. Like I'm like, they just think we're fucking idiots. Do they think this is a fucking joke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think everyone involved in this movie should be embarrassed. I think this is the worst performance that I think I've seen anybody who was involved in this movie give. And when Martin Sheen is waving to the whales, like what? <laughs> what? The whales are like waving to him, and he's waving back, and then it turns out the whales actually flipping him off. I know, like films don't, you know, typically you you shoot scenes at different times. Like it doesn't. You know, the first scene they is not always... most of the movie, Matty D. Right, okay. So, it's probably in less order, you know. So, But it seemed like Martin Sheen just started caring less and less as the movie progressed. Yes. And he was just a flanderizing villain. And he's defeated because he falls down a hole. <laughs> but thank God. Thank God we got that after credit scene. Yes. Because I really wanted to know what happened to Martin Sheen's character. And what happens is he's in the hole. And he talks... <laughs> He talks to some bats and he's just like, I think I understand the bats. And the bats attack him. The oh, end. no. And but- lots of people thought that that was setting up for a sequel. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh, dear. They're like, oh, oh he's still God. alive. That means that he's going to return as the villain he- in Do Little, Too Little. Do Little, Too Little. Yeah. Do a little more. Yeah, do a little less. <laughs> what, a, what an adventure this movie was. I mean, it promised to go on a voyage. It did. It promised it would be a perilous journey. Oh. It was. Yeah, I barely made it through it. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so I think we're both in agreement that this movie is a lot of fun to watch inebriated, but is definitely a bad movie. Would you agree that it's probably the worst thing that Danny Jr. has done? Yes. And this is a man that's been in blackface. Exactly. Um, I wasn't, that was less offensive. I wasn't inebriated with this movie. I had a lot of fun doing it. Neither was I. I watched um, it both times sober. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed my time watching this movie. I did not. Like I said, I think I enjoyed half of the first viewing in the cinema. Something about that magical cinema vibe. Yeah. But sitting at home watching it on TV the second time. Oh, boy. I was watching the clock. I was watching the clock, let me tell you. (laughs) What a mess. What What an absolute mess. So you, the dear listener, have you seen Doolittle? Are you unfortunate enough to have suffered through Diddle? Through Diddler. (laughs) That's why he was locked away in a menagerie. No, none of that. So maybe you liked the movie. If someone out there, please, if you like the movie, please write in and let us know what you liked about it. <laughs> tell us your favourite character. Yes. Mine's Chi-Chi, but tell us if you like the polar bear or the ostrich Yoshi or any of those memory Plimpton. characters. Yeah. Well, and if you hated the movie, please write in and let us know what you hated the most. Because I'd really, really like to know. I'd really, really like to know. Or if you were going to watch the movie, but because you've listened to this episode, you've decided that you're not going to see it anymore. Please write in and congratulate us for saving you the effort. Yeah, thank us. 
You can let us know any of your thoughts at our email address, potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com, or you can find us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can just simply leave a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Now, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting next week. We're actually going back to predict a movie that's coming up in cinemas. I think it's actually coming out in two weeks, so we better get a wriggle on. So next week, we're going back to the horror world. We've actually covered a very similar movie to this one. So once upon a time, we covered A Quiet Place Part 2, which I've now seen. But if you wanted more of something along those veins, if you like people running away trying not to make a noise, next week, we're covering the upcoming sequel to Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe 2. Are you familiar with this franchise at all, Matty D? Uh, not really, but it's very similar to The Quiet Place, right? In premise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I believe the original movie, we'll talk all about it next week. I believe the original movie is about a group of people. I haven't actually seen it. I'm going to have to watch it. A group of people who go into a house or they're captured in a house by a man who is blind. Yeah. But he has like a super keen <laughs> sense of hearing and he goes around like killing people. Right. Yeah. From what I understand, he's going to be the protagonist of this upcoming sequel. Isn't that confusing? Oh, okay. So that already spoils the first movie for me because that means he survives. Yeah, um, he's the protagonist and he's killing people. That's right. So I believe he's a misunderstood villain. He's going to be redeemed by the second movie and it's going to be like, we're going to be cheering the fact that he's killing people by the end of the movie. Okay. I think it's going to be cut and dry. I think we're going to be able to, between the two of us, I think we're going to be able to nail this movie. Well, I guess I got to watch Don't Breathe 1. Yeah, I am too. Because I haven't seen that, so maybe that'll help me. Well, if it's getting a sequel, it must be decent in some regard. From what I understand, he drinks semen at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> So, well, whatever you're into. Until we get back together to talk about Don't Breathe 2. Have a good day and talk to the animals. Good morning. What's up, Doc? When we're moving the blockage, you'll see now. There may be an uh, initial release of wind. Respect. Sorry. Nobody heard that. Come, nothing to be ashamed of. We all do it. We're all animals.